0: How is a soul to be certain if it's actually hearing the voice of God? Welcome to the great listeners, like to welcome back my four listeners and a dog. Today we're diving back into St. Teresa of Adla, the Interior Castle, Six Mansions, Chapter 3, Part D. We're picking up where we left off last week on Interior Castle. There was so much information that St. Teresa had to share There's us, so much good information in her spiritual direction on hearing from God. And we're going to pick up again this week where we left off in Part 2. Let's roll this stuff. What we got here today, Mike? Glad you guys asked. So again, we're diving back into Six Mansions. What is the Six Mansions, Mike? Teresa devotes 11 chapters to the Six Mansions. Right now, we're only in Chapter 3. By far the longest and most developed section in the entire treatise of her books. In them, she examines a prayer of spiritual betrothal. Where are we right now in the Six Mansions? Remember, we're walking a prayer map right now. St. Teresa has put out this beautiful, wonderful map of our interior life, on where the stops are as we develop deeper and deeper our spiritual life and relationship with Jesus Christ. In the sixth mansion, she calls it spiritual betrothal. Back in the fifth mansions, remember, Jesus promised himself to us, and now as we're in spiritual betrothal and the spiritual engagement, he's going deeper. He's showing us more incredible stuff in the heavenly realms, and he's showing us who he is, but he's also cleaning us up in more sanctification and more trials Yep, remember trials comes hand in hand. Trials and humility. That's one thing you want to walk away with St. Teresa of Avila. What's one thing you know about her? Trials and humility. It's not about the supernatural experiences. It's about God developing it from glory to glory here. So in them, she examines this, the prayer of spiritual betrothal, the mystical state that flows directly from the prayer of union. That was uh, back in, uh, I guess, the fifth mansions. The stage of the soul's inner journey has a lot to do with rarefied mystical experiences such as locutions, we're hearing, hearing spiritual voices, visions, where we're given visions into the imagination, intellect, and raptures, where our soul is literally picked up, or we can be physically picked up. And we'll get into that. I believe raptures occurs in uh, Six Mansions, Chapter 4. We're not there yet. We're still getting through the locutions and hearing God right now. So again, this quote's from Dennis Billy Interior Castle, the classic text with spiritual commentary. I highly recommend picking up that book if you can go through this material. Very good stuff there. My, my book's tattered. I actually had to purchase a copy on Kindle. My wife is going, don't you already own this book? And I go, there's so many notes in that book, and it's so tattered in the cover right now. I read it so much that <laughs> I had to have a digital copy just so I could refer to the ones that didn't have notes all over it and I could read it. So good times. Good stuff here. So again, in the fifth mansions, we experience a vision of Jesus who promises himself to the soul. St. Teresa's analogy of spiritual engagement, right? This whole thing is about, this is where we get the term relationship and we avoid the steps involved in the, the, the current American church. You know, I so said, we're in a relationship with God. What does that look like? That's what she outlines, the interior life. They call it the interior life, it's a relationship of God, how deep you go with him. And I, you know, like I said, I, I taught a class recently and people were questioning, well, Mike, why are you teaching some of this Catholic stuff? And I go, well, I said, let's not throw out the baby at the bathwater. Who is St. Teresa of Avila? She was a woman who absolutely loved Jesus, and I have no doubt she's in heaven. I have no doubt. And, of course, there's some Catholic things along here along the way, and we have our differences. It's no big deal. But they said we're not throwing out the baby at the bathwater because this woman knew how to pray, and she heavily documented it. And it's, I know other people, too. And in the Lutheran circles, Protestant circles, they still read this stuff. It's not, you know, we can't get too snobby in this end-times church because a lot of times the church doesn't know how to pray. We're in churches now, especially out in California, corporate churches that are run by narcissists that just want to lead the people and what they want to teach you. And it's just, it's I don't know the way to explain it. It's, it's just bad. They're not teaching them to pray. So when trauma occurs or trials occur or bad things occur, or suffering occurs, the church doesn't know how to deal with it because people weren't taught how to encounter God for themselves. And that's kind of what I'm all about here too. How do you encounter God for yourself? How do you deepen Your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for, Mike. That's right. Get an amen back there. In the six mansions, you have this peace that Jesus has promised to give himself to you, the betrothal, right? You're engaged to him. We're spiritually engaged. There were many harsh trials in the six mansions. Yes, we do. He's cleaning us up. Jesus prepares a heart and soul for deeper union in preparation for spiritual marriage. Jesus wakes up the faculties. what That's our mind, right? The imagination, the intellect, and the emotions. Were in the fifth mansions, they were asleep. So how does he wake up the intellect while well, they're asleep? Remember, we have the, the prayer of quiet. We're kind of just still, and we're we're feeling God with him for momentarily, and then it's gone, right? And so the, the faculties are kind of like asleep there. Here, he wakes them up. So we may be stilling ourselves in prayer or something, and all of a sudden, we start to hear God talking. And he's waking up the faculty, he's going, to wait, intellect, you know, he first has to come to the imagination, right? That's what she calls it. Essentially, the imagination is what I call our, our video production department in the brain. We have communications, we can receive satellite images, that sort of thing. That's our imagination. That's what she's referring to. Not like we're fabricating it. However, in the human being, the problem with the imagination is it also has a job of fabricating images. We have to be careful of this, very careful of it. So when Jesus wakes up the soul, he's going to talk to the imagination. He's going to wake it up and he's going to send images, pictures. And we have to discern whether it was from the soul or from him. And that's what we pick up here in part D of Tyria Castles, six mansions, chapter three. So again, I talked about the fourth water. Remember, we talked about this in the prayer of life. There are four stages of prayer and she calls them water. And she initially outlined these in her book of life where instead of there was seven mansions, she had four stages of prayer. So if we're integrating the fourth stage of prayer here from the Book of Life, it's the fourth water, where it's described as rain. Remember in your first um, learning to pray, you're at the um, hand pump, you know, ascetical prayer, moving the hand pump to pump the water out of the ground, and you're doing it by hand, and it's all in your own effort. And as it becomes more mystical in prayer, now in the six mansions on we're in the fourth waters where it just rains on us, where God starts talking to us. He shows up. We're not using the hand pump anymore. This is mystical prayer. God comes to us. Cool stuff. So we're in Six Mansions, Chapter 3, Part 2, and we're talking about locutions. I still had more to it. I think we covered chapters, excuse me, we covered Chapter 3 of the Six Mansions, Paragraphs 1 through 13. We're doing 14 through like 27, I believe here, or 14 through 24. We'll see number eludes me, but it's 20-something, 14 through 20-something. So we'll find out. Just, just hang in there. So again, locutions, is Latin word means to speak when God speaks to us. We more refer to this now as hearing God, or hearing voices, or hearing spirits. And those are the three categories too. I just banged out. So locutions, I want you to immediately do the math in your head. This is hearing God. The soul can be awakened in the sixth mansion through hearing God speak again these things can happen out of order too this is not a checkbox I'm in the first mansions check second mansions check third mansions check when God lit the fire under my butt when I was in the pew the frozen chosen I was probably in the third mansions and he had me hearing God he had me getting visions and stuff and these were six mansion experiences they can happen out of order but they soon coalesce themselves in a proper order if that makes sense so God may give you experiences early on. It's out of order. It doesn't mean like if I was in the third mansions. It doesn't mean I was jumped to the sixth mansions. I was having sixth mansion experiences, and third mansions, but they weren't often until He started bringing me up to speed. If that makes sense. So these things can happen out of order. You know, I had intellectual vision, which is a sixth mansion experience of Jesus Christ in a church when I was in fifth grade elementary school. Right. So these things can happen out of order. They can. So just don't think it's a checkbox. It's not how it works. It's it's kind of like a uh, probability graph. You see these probabilities of this these, um a majority of these little probability dots in one area. If you're falling in the probability of large dots of being in the fourth mansions, then that's probably where you're at. So it's not like I need this, 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 oh, I missed that one. And that's not how it works. Like if there's a things are happening often and they, they feel similar to fourth mansion experiences, you're in the fourth mansion. And like I said, she says, you only realize it after you enter it. Cool, cool stuff. I love this stuff. This stuff excites me. This is this is where it's at. And why do we need this? Because I found out as a counselor, when I'm working with people, you know, I always get that phone call. Help, my, my husband is is demonically possessed. I'm like, oh my gosh, send him in. You know, let's, let's hear what's going on. And immediately I don't go into... Casting out demons mode, I go into spiritual director mode first. They must prove to me they have a demon. And where do I go? Let's discern what sort of voices they're hearing. What's going on? Is it something that's going on from the soul? They're having some mental wellness issues, or they're going through some depression, or what she calls melancholy, right? You know, Is the soul telling them stuff and just rattling them? Or is it God talking to them and not discerning properly? Or is it the hearing spirits? You know, Our job... And spiritual warfare, first and foremost, is to discern the spirits and what's talking. That's why six mansions chapter three is so important. Because we're on the other side of the fence now, discerning what the heck is this person listening to. I have people coming to me for counseling because their prophetic ministry is not going the way they want to. And you know, you sit and listen to them like, well, where are you at then? You know, are you getting ahead of yourself by like, giving yourself this office and those other things? And that's not where Jesus wants you yet. Jesus is still developing you. All sorts of stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> you know, and we're not discerning and we're not correcting or doing spiritual direction when people hear stuff now. I have a crazy cleansing stream story. I always beat up on them, but you know, I was involved with them a lot. So I, you saw the best and you saw the worst with people. So when I was in a church, this one young gal, she was probably in her early 20s. This pastor was walking around and she was giving word for everybody. This girl's great. She hears from God and all this stuff. She's got a word for you. And so she comes up to my wife and I, and this is like seven o'clock in the morning. I have to get early for prayer and get ready for This is a retreat, right? We're about to ready to do battle and kick out spirits and stuff on the front line. And the girl walks to me and goes, you weren't well-versed in the word today. God says you're not ready. And I'm looking at her like, what? Of course not well-versed in the word. I had to get up at five in the morning to drive out here. You know? And read the Bible. But they're going, what kind of word is that? She's given prayer warriors. And she looks at my wife and she's going, You're needed at home right now. Your middle son's about to do something horrible. And you both don't belong here. And I'm looking at my wife, my wife's looking at me, and the pastor going, Isn't she incredible what she's doing? And I'm going, Oh my God, this this is demonic. This is so way off base, you know? And the pastor had no clue what was spiritual direction or what. <laughs> it's like You know, we were well enough along, my my wife and I, in uh, Prophetic Mission, going, this chick's us base case. So we didn't call home. We didn't let it affect us any. Of course, nothing she said transpired. Therefore, it was false prophecy. and It was demonic to interfere with the spiritual battle. But you'll see stuff like that, and the church will totally embrace it. You're just going, this is cuckoo. (laughs) This isn't right. Oh, my gosh. I digress. Anyhow, where was Mike? Oh, let's dive back into um, Six Mansions, Chapter 3, Part 2. So, well, this is, I didn't side rabbit trail too badly because we're talking about how you discern if the voice is from God. So we're back into chapter 14. Let's dive in. It's joy at seeing God's word verified. I know not why the soul attaches such importance to these communications, but being verified, I think that if the person herself were detected in telling falsehoods. She would not be so grieved as the locutions proving untrue. As if she could do anything in the matter beyond repeating what has been said to her, a certain person was frequently reminded in such a case of the prophet Jonas when he found Nineveh was not to be destroyed. Good stuff here. So, the soul just gets lifted up more when the word we hear from God. It may not have transpired right away, but it does come through. It's verified, and we may have, like we said, we took a lot of hits and beatings from it. Other people go, no, that doesn't sound right. That's not true. And you just have this certitude, like the word she used, that, oh, this is true. This is true. You know, and it was like, she reminds us of Jonah who was sitting there waiting for Nineveh and wasn't destroyed because I'm not going to destroy it. you're like, oh, okay. Well, they should be. I feel like sometimes in street ministry in San Francisco, are you going to destroy this place? There's too much stuff going on. So what's the verse she's referring to with Jonah? Jonah um, 4, verse one, and Jonah was afflicted with great affliction and was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, I beseech you, Lord, was this not my word when I was still in my land, you know? So he's having an argument with God back and forth, and that happens a lot of times too. When you're talking with Jesus and you're getting words that may or may not agree with you, a lot of times I found that to be confirmation. Like we don't argue with ourselves when you're in a discussion and it's like a debate or argument back and forth with God. Like no, you're, you're having a conversation with God right there, and, and usually we're doing the stupid stuff, you know, conflicting with his his will for us. Kind of like what Jonah did. Jonah's a classic example. She she nailed it. So again, Saint Teresa operated humility, and one locution she received to be verified by God, right? So that young lady that's come up to us telling us, "Oh, our son's gonna be uh, sick or ill," and my wife had to go home, or I didn't prepare today. You know, that wasn't operating humility, and none of that was verified. None of that stuff she said transpired. So it wasn't from God; it was soulless. Right? I actually think it was demonic because we we're a spiritual warfare, being ready to cast out demons. And that pastor is walking around, oh, look at this, you know, and they were just propagating the word of demons. Uh, you know, it was crazy. So um, we as humans do this a lot. God will send me a sign or a word, right? And it's like, and the next thing I go, uh, did I hear you correctly? Can you send me another sign? Can you get verification? It's okay. It's testing the spirit. You can ask God for verification. Don't go off the deep end. Oh my God, it's from God. Now, what am I do? You know, am I in trouble if I question it was from him? No, question it. Test the spirit. He may resend it. He may reformat it. Okay, maybe you didn't hear me correctly. Let's reformat the message and hear. Exact same thing, but different wording. Or have somebody else come up and tell you that in the afternoon, hey, you know, I was just hearing God about this. Like, what? I was just having a conversation with God about this this morning. So he'll come in sideways in different ways. So don't worry. So sometimes God will verify his locutions and sometimes he won't. Remember, he's God. He's the king of the kingdom. You don't walk up to a king and ask him a question and expect him to answer. He may or may not. It's protocol, right? You're talking to the king. It's not he's aloof. Maybe sometimes the answer we're asking for may displace us or do harm to us, so he won't answer us. Or sometimes he has plans for, I'm not going to answer it right now because I have plans later on down the road as I develop you more in this walk. How I want to properly answer the question is just going to take time. See, we live in a bubble of space and time where it's linear and we have to wait for time to transpire. I don't think it's... A lot of time transpires with God in his heavenly realms. It's out of time. And that's something we human beings, spiritual beings, don't understand on the worldly side of this. Paragraph 15, it's zeal for God's honor. In fact, as these words come from the Spirit of God, it is right thus to trust them and to desire that he who is supreme truth should not be thought a deceiver. Justly, therefore, does this hearer rejoice when after a thousand delays and enormous difficulties they are accomplished. There's roadblocks and delays, and we talked about that. It may not be answered right away. Although the success may entail great suffering on herself, she prefers it to the non-fulfillment of what she knows our Lord most certainly foretold. Possibly everyone is not so weak as this. If it indeed is weakness, though, I cannot myself condemn it as an evil. So let's unpack here. You'll become confident in the words that come from the Holy Spirit. Remember the Supreme Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit will not deceive you, right? In the book of John, it is the Spirit of Truth. So you'll have this confidence that it came from from God. How do we know? Because usually it's to edify and lift you up. It's not negative. The only time you may hear something negative will you get this feeling from God where he's saying, I don't want you to go to that event. I get those. You yeah. know, I just had to confer with a friend just recently. I was supposed to go to one event last year, and my way of going to dark events for ministry is that God will send me. Nothing ever transpired from God to send me to that event, so I didn't go. And so the person's going, are you going this year? I go, yeah, if God will send me, I'm totally open to going. But I don't go where God doesn't send me, especially when it deals with spiritual warfare. So the person goes, what kind of answer was that? And I go, yeah, I'm going if God sends me. That's my answer. A lot of times, these individuals, like I work with, go, "Well, just put it on a credit card and just pray that God pays it off." And I, go, that's not the way I work. It's like me and Jesus are cash and carry, <laughs> right? So if God wants me somewhere, He literally sends me somewhere. I don't pray, you know. I tell people, "Hey, I'm raising money. I don't do that." It's just like if He wants me somewhere. The money transpires or manifests, and He sends me there. I go, "Okay." That's between me and him. That's our system. That's how we work. And that's how I know I'm supposed to be somewhere. like Especially somewhere dark. Like, dang it, you're paying my way there and I didn't even mention it to anybody. Okay, I guess I'm going. So it's the spirit of truth. He told me if you're going or not, right? So he interacts with us and be confident in the words he tells us. He tells you, you know, he may tell you no in the spirit. Like, no, you're not going. That's just confident the words came from the Holy Spirit. You know, He'll tell us no. He disciplines us. He's not going to tell you you're an idiot. That comes from a demonic, right? So it's like, you fool, you idiot, that's demonic. Jesus will go, you know what, You know we're having hard times here, we're going through a trial, we know, but um, this trial is here to correct what we're dealing with right now. And we'll get through this. And that's how Jesus speaks. Locutions coining from the fancy. <laughs> fancy. I guess he's referring to the imagination. If these locutions proceed from the imagination, they show... No such signs are bringing neither conviction, peace, nor interior joy with them, but in some cases I have come across on account of a very weak constitution, or vivid imagination, or of other causes I do not know. Persons will be absorbed in the prayer of quiet, and in the spiritual slumber are so correctly carried out of themselves by their deep state of recollection as to be unconscious of anything external. All their senses thus being dormant, as if asleep, as indeed at times they really are. They thus in some sort of dream fancy they are spoken to or seeing things they imagine come from God, but which leave no more effect than dreams. Hmm, interesting. So what's going on there? So we can imagine stuff and create stuff. You know, the human brain, especially our imagination, if we see something, we're designed to be creators like God, right? We're imaged in the uh, in the image of God himself, but we're lower than, than angels, right? But we still have the ability to create like him. We procreate here on earth through reproduction, and we also create through art, through building, through engineering. So if our brain sees something, it's more than capable of going, you know what? I can fabricate a Jesus (laughs) visitation dream or a Jesus prophetic dream just as well as Jesus can. Let me show you. And it'll, it'll just do it on its own, and we have to be careful to discern it. What happens is the elation and the edification and whatever else Mysteriously came in with the Jesus seal dream, is not there with the dream we fabricated. The dream of fancy, as she calls it. The dream of (laughs) fancy. So knock off those dream of fancy, so discern it. You know, talk with somebody about this. I don't think this is a spiritual dream. Do you think this is? Like, no, doesn't sound like it. But you'll get the feeling when they are and when they're not. After you get these quite a while, the hardest part people struggle with is when they know they're actually having those dreams, or even if they're having them. And most likely, why I ask people, "Oh, I don't dream." It's like, no. Sometimes you go in such a deep state of sleep. Sometimes God speaks to us in that 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 slumber. You know, Job. Sometimes I speak to one people one way and sometimes another through their dreams. And that's in um, the book of Job. He speaks to us that way. We just don't catch it. Imaginary answers given to prayer. Again, one who very lovingly asks something of our Lord may fancy that an answer comes from Him. This often occurs by think that no one accustomed to receive the divine communications can be deceived on this point by the imagination. That's what we've talked about here, right? Where, where um, the brain can make stuff up. But if you're receiving quite some time now, I can tell a difference when it's a fabrication from the imagination. It just, it just does it. Or if it came from God, the feelings are different from them. And they don't even look the same sometimes now. It's like even... So God will go, you know what? The imagination is going to do this. I'm going to create a deeper content or deeper contrast, better brightness, better coloring or whatever. You know, it's it's going to feel different and look different. Paragraph 18, a confessor should be consulted about locutions. I believe this is true, especially if you're learning. You need to talk with somebody who's better up and make sure you don't get that girl that pastor is walking around. You don't want her for your interpreting locutions. So, paragraph 18, a confessor should be consulted about locutions, the devil's deceptions are more dangerous, but if the foregoing signs are present, we may f- feel fairly confident that these locutions are from God, though not so certain, but that if they refer to some weightly matter in which we are called upon to act, or if they concern a third person. Hmm. We should consult some confessor who is both learned and a servant of God before attempting or thinking of acting on them, although we may have heard them repeated several times and are convinced of the truth of their divine origin. His majesty wishes us to take this course. It is not disobedience to his command, for he has bidden us hold our confessor as his representative, even where there is no doubt that the communications come from him. Thus we shall gain courage if the matter is a very difficult one. I think it would be very dangerous to act against our confessor's advice and to prefer our own opinions in such a matter. Therefore, sisters, I admonish you in the name of our Lord. Never do anything of the sort. What is she talking about here? You receive something of the th- for a third person or for another person. So what she's saying, I received either a word to give to somebody else, whether good or bad, or usually, um, if it's good, you know, I just go ahead and de- deliver it. It's uplifting. longs and put a mantle on the person. Like God's, you know, I heard something, you may be having a rough week or something this week, and, and God says, don't worry about it. You're going to have a great week. You know, go ahead and deliver that one. But God says, I see what you're doing behind closed doors, you know. <laughs> like, you know, you may, you're a Jezebel spirit or something like that. You know, you need to have deliverance from that. You know, that's, no, 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 that's not how God delivers it. You go talk to a confessor. Or, excuse me, we don't have, well, if you're in a Catholic church, talk to your confessor. But ask, ask somebody in spiritual direction that's, that's higher up, like, hey, you know, how we address this thing, because it's delicate, and you don't know if you heard from God correctly, you don't know if they're actually dealing with something, witchcraft, or something like that. You just don't know. You don't know. And so talk to somebody, how do you hash it out, or how do you approach somebody, you know? And there, there's ways of doing it, but just don't go and deliver it. Like I said, you've heard me harp on this show. If you listen to this long enough, you heard me harp on how many prophetic ministers in ritual abuse survivor ministry have derailed work of others because they had bad prophetic messages that were shouldn't have been given in the first place because they were negative, right? And it got derailed. And had these people, you know, came to talk to me as their counselor or something like that. Hey, do you think I should give this to this person? You know, I said, no, I don't think so because they're not ready for that plate right now, on time, and they didn't sound like something they're they're doing right now. So I wouldn't, because the soul fabricated it based on um, you know it's like being judgmental, right? Either being judgmental, or Satan will help you fabricate somebody just to cause um, anguish in the church. And if you have a, a Jezebel spirit prophet, which I was guessing was that one prophet we had to deal with in <laughs> back in Cleansing Streams, you know, it's a false prophecy. It's 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 dark, then. You know, you have to deal with it. So let the people higher up deal with it and point it out. But I wouldn't deliver any harsh news because that's a prophetic no no right now. Don't deliver harsh news, especially if you're learning, speak with other people about it. And you don't know what sort of mental state or mental wellness state these people are in when you deliver it. And it could spiral them for weeks or into something horrible. So be careful when you deliver a word for another person. Hash it out first, or work it out with somebody that's experienced delivering prophetic words or hearing from God about other people. That's she's talking about here. It could go bad. <laughs> she says, "Therefore, sisters, I admonish you in the name of our Lord: never do anything of this sort. Right? It can go. It can spiral really fast, and then they'll be able to listen to you again. Like, oh, she always gives bad words, right? Like, yeah. So, our Lord will reassure a confessor whom." When he so chooses, he will inspire with the faith that these locutions are from the Holy Ghost. If not, we are freed from all the obligations in the matter. So again, when you talk to your spiritual director and they go, that doesn't sound like Jesus or the Holy Ghost, um, don't deliver it, then you are freed from the obligation of delivering it anyway. It's like, no. And don't feel bad if you heard something wrong like this. It's okay. You're learning to hear from God. And you do the right thing by consulting other people who are higher up about was this from God or not, because they'll steer you and help you into learning to hear from God. Like I always say, you're allowed to fall off your bike. And this is those occasions, especially when you're hearing from God. Hearing from God's fallible, even from the best people. My God, you know, I beat up on the the, the pink hair lady and the, the Moses guy, the, the false prophets out there. They're big. And I'm surprised how many Christians haven't caught that these guys are false because they don't, Use any sort of discernment or test the spirit to listening to, and nothing ever said transpired. But it sounds so good and heavenly in the words they've weaved, and that's the deception in itself. So that's not what prophetic ministry is. There are no capital P prophets anymore, like Elijah, and like, you know, and we're trying to build that thing up again. It's not, it's dead. You know, John the Baptist was the last prophet, I believe prophetically. He was decapitated. That means the capital P prophets were cut off at the head. And now we're in the Joel 2 um, dispensation, let's say, of the church, where the Holy Spirit was pulled out on all mankind. And we're little P prophets where we perceive. We don't receive. We perceive what we're hearing. And that's what makes it fallible. But the Holy Spirit communicates that way. And that's the way he wants it. And that's the way he does it. And so as we learn to work with him in a relationship, we hear him better. So, we're perceiving stuff and we need to hash it out with a spiritual director. I wouldn't consider spiritual moms or dads spiritual directors unless they really have walked in this and they've done lots of stuff that prove themselves. And I mean by outside their church and outside their community. Okay? Very careful. So when you receive a word from another person, test the Spirit and consult the Holy Spirit for authenticity. That's what she's saying here. Spend time in prayer of the locution before sharing what you heard and discern it with others. Paragraph 19. Interior locutions. God speaks the soul in another way by a certain intellectual vision, which I think undoubtedly proceeds from Him. It will be described later on, it takes place far within the innermost depths of the soul, which appears to hear distinctly in a most mysterious manner. With its spiritual hearing, the words spoken to it by our Lord himself. The way in which the spirit perceives these words, there's the word again, right? The way in which spirit perceives these words and the results produced by them convince us that they cannot in any way come from the devil. Their powerful after effects force us to admit this and plainly show they did not spring from the imagination. Careful consideration will assure us that of this following reasons. Okay, so she talked about an intellectual vision. That's when you feel the presence of God and it's full on. Like I feel, I feel God here. I'm feeling I'm standing. You know, it's almost like the Moses incident. You feel like you're standing before the burning bush, right? Um there's there's something there. There's something supernatural. It's, there's no fear. It's just my gosh. I'm in the presence of something. You know, something royal. Something something kingdomly. Something big. It's Jesus. I'm in the presence. You don't see or see him. You don't hear from him. It's the whole body and spirit and soul are engaged in his presence before you. That you don't see. That is an intellectual vision. She's talking about paragraph twenty. First sign of genuine interior locutions. Firstly, the clearness of the language varies in the different kinds of locutions. Those that are divine are so distinct that the hearer remembers. If they were a syllable missing, and what words were made use of even though a whole sentence was spoken. But if the speech were only a freak of fancy, it would not only be audible, nor would the words be so distinct, but only be half articulated. Second sign, paragraph 21. The second reasons that Often the person was not thinking of what is heard. Sometimes the comes even unexpectedly during conversation. Though at times it refers to some thought that passed quickly through the mind or to a subject, it was before engaged. Frequently it concerns things of whose existence the hearer knew nothing nor even imagined such events could ever come to pass. Therefore, it is impossible for imagination to have framed such speeches and deceived the mind by fancies about what it had never wished, nor sought for, nor even thought about. Okay, so in this sign, it drops in automatically. You need to read Mike Verkler's book. He covers this extensively, um, Four Keys to Hearing God. But this is one of the things you learn right uh, early on when you're learning, like especially from The, the Art of Hearing God from jo- John Paul Jackson. I took that course. The, the thought drops in right away. In other words, you may be thinking, Oh, hey, I, I'm reading this book. And it's maybe a book on Western or some Western thing with some cowboys riding around stuff. All of a sudden this thought drops in like, you know, something profound. Like I need to go read John chapter one or something. It just drops in all of a sudden, like, where'd that come from? Or I need to go tell my neighbor, um, you know, something's wrong or something's going on. I just feel it. You know, is everything okay over here? I just felt I should come over. It, it drops in suddenly. It's like, it's like instantaneous. It's very subtle. You know, those are probably not the best examples. Or you get a picture it drops in. Like you're reading your book and all of a sudden you get this picture of something that drops in your mind. Like, where did that come from? And just acknowledge it right now. Oh, God's given me a picture of something. Who's this for? You know, it may come in over time. It's, It's not just something that just the imagination just spits out. Like I said, the imagination will spit out. This is something that just drops in. It starts manifesting and starts taking shape. And it's different from our thoughts, but it's subtle, if that makes sense. So you weren't thinking about it, but suddenly it comes in. I'll need to highlight this and talk about this more. Like I said, we probably need to do a thing on hearing God after this. <laughs> it's pretty up to speed, but that's the most important key. It just drops in suddenly. Again, there's more information on Mike Burkler videos and Mike Berkler's, um book for Keys to Hearing God. I suggest go check those out. But I'll, I'll bring some stuff material up to this too. So paragraph 22, third sign. The third reason is that in a genuine case, the soul seems to listen to the words where areas when the imagination is at work, little by little, it composes what the person wishes to hear. You know, I'm praying to go on an outreach. It's dark, you know, but like, oh my gosh, it's going to be dealing with witchcraft and all this stuff it might be exciting and stuff like that. I'm very excited. And Jesus, I feel Jesus wants me to go, you know, and the soul's like, yeah, we should go to this. And then by Saturday, you're feeling, hmm. I'm just hearing I'm not supposed to go at all. You know, why why did I feel that? Because the imagination jumped in and answered. So be careful. We got tests of spirit. We have to discern. Like I'm saying, things take time to hash out with God. You hear something from God, it sounds, you know, it sounds redundant. You know, go ask God. God, did I hear this from you? And get the con- that's how conversation gets going. He likes talking to us. I think he does that for conversation. You know, that's how he you know gets us talking to him. Fourth sign, paragraph twenty-three. The fourth reason is because divine locutions differ immensely from others. A single word comprising a depth of meaning, which our understanding could not thus quickly condense into one phrase. She used to call this dark knowing, or maybe that was John, um, John the cross called it dark knowing where a single word can come in, right? I'm receiving a word and you'll unpack it. And there's far more deeper meaning than when you just got that first word. And it's, it's, it's called a dark knowing or it quickly condenses into a phrase. So God may have um, compressed his transmission and, and, and decompresses and expands, and you got something. Fifth sign, paragraph 24. Fifthly, because in manner I cannot explain, these communications, without any further explanation, frequently give us to understand far more than is implied by the words themselves. I shall speak farther on this, on the way of understanding hidden things, which is very subtle and a favor for which we should thank God. Some people are exceedingly suspicious about these and other communications of the same kind. I speak particularly of someone who experienced them herself, i.e., her, <laughs> St. Teresa. She always does that. Let's return. Though there may be others who cannot understand them. I know that she has been considered the subject very carefully, God having often bestowed this grace on her. Her principal difficulty was to discover whether locutions were merely fancied from the imagination, made them up. Let's continue. It's easier to know when they come from the devil, although being so wily, he can with facility imitate the spirit of light. Right? Beware of that. That's why we don't go consulting or talking to angels right there. Ding, 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 ding. Let's continue. However, he would do this in a form of words pronounced so distinctly that there would be no more doubt as to their reality than if they came from the spirit of truth, i.e. the Holy Spirit. While those coming from the imagination leave us certain whether we heard the words or not. That's a a good quote right there. That was John 4, right? The woman at the well, spirit of truth. She embeds her stuff there. Cool. Let's continue. But Satan could never counterfeit the effects I spoke of. He leaves neither peace nor light in the soul, only anxiety and confusion. In any case, he can do little or no harm to one who is humble and who, as I advise, does not act on what is heard. Paragraph 25, Results of True If the soul receives favor and caresses from our Lord, let it examine carefully whether it rates itself more highly in consequences. Unless self-abasement increases which God's expressions of love, they do not come from the Holy Spirit. Inevitably, when they are divine, the greater the favors, the less the soul esteems itself, and the more keenly it remembers its sins. They can be convicting at times. Hmm, interesting. It becomes more oblivious of self-interest. The will and memory grow more fervent in seeking solely God's honor with no thought of itself. It also becomes unceasingly careful not to deviate deliberately from the will of God and feels a keener conviction that instead of meriting such, favors it, deserves hell. In other words, it causes the soul to reflect on itself that I'm, I'm nothing without Jesus. That's what she's saying there. We're nothing without him. You know, I may elevate myself. I've heard a word, but it says when you hit a real conviction, it's like it just you, you operate in humility now. You know, who am I to receive such a grace from the, the God who gave his life for me? Paragraph 26, they should remove alarm. When these results follow, no graces or gifts received during prayer need alarm the soul, which should rather trust in the mercy of God, who is faithful and will not allow the devil to deceive it. But it is always well to be on one's guard. Paragraph 27. Answer to an Objection. Those our Lord does not lead by this path may suppose that the soul can avoid listening to these locutions, and that if they are interior, it is least possible to distract the attention from them, so not as to hear them, and thus escape danger. This cannot be done. I am not speaking of freaks of fancy which may be prevented by ceasing of certain things, or by paying attention to its investments. This is not feasible when the communications come from the Holy Ghost, who... When he speaks, stops all of the thoughts and compels the mind to listen. He's convicting the Holy Spirit. Mark this, that I believe it will be easier for a person with very keen ears to avoid hearing a loud voice, for he could occupy his thoughts and minds and other things. Not so here. The soul can do nothing, nor has it ears to stop, nor power to think of aught but what is said to it. For he who could stay the sun on its course at the prayer of jo- Joshua, I believe can so quiet the faculties in the interior of the Spirit, so make it perceive that another and stronger Lord than governs itself this castle. It is thus effective of profound devotion and humility, seeing that it cannot but listen. May the Divine Majesty vouchsafe that, forgetting ourselves, our only aim may be to please Him, as I said, Amen. God, grant I have succeeded in explaining what I wished, and that it may be sought guide to those who may experience such favors. So it's interesting, though. So she covered a lot of material here. So what, what, what do you want to go back with now? Always check with God. Test the spirit. Did I hear from you correctly? Go back and yes, you know, it may take some time. may hear right away. Can you hear from God? These are the checkpoints, you know? Just ask Him simple questions. That's what I started with, you know? I used to have a person that worked with this it's like taking a tissue out of a box. Just like pretend like you're holding a tissue and pull a message to God. I'm going to ask you this. You know, it's not magic eight ball. It's like God. Um, what do you think of Psalms forty six ten? Be still, O God. Is it about praying and just still yourself, and don't let your don't let your imagination answer the question. You may or may not get an answer. If you do, God, this is from you. I need to test the spirit. You start with very simple things, and you work on. Like I said, if you're in a conversation that's going back and forth, like an argument remember when Jesus wanted to send me to the pagan fair to do ministry and I was just like, you want me to do what? <laughs> and I realized, oh my God, it was God. Because here we are having this debate in my head. Like, no, and like it wasn't Mike and uh, another identity of Mike having a debate. It was Mike and Jesus. And he was going, no, I need you to go there. You do some stuff for me. And so what's the other thing we know? That the if it's from God and he's talking to us, a lot of times it just drops in and will um, subtly intersect or drop in over what we're thinking, and like, wow, I wasn't thinking about that. Why am I thinking about this now? Because God's dropping in pictures, where He's talking to us right now, and so it suddenly drops in. So again, my reference points here for you right now, if you're new to this, go get Mike Verkler's book, Four Keys to Hearing God, and look up his videos too. I know he's, he's he knows a lot of stuff. I have a hard time too. He sounds like me that that cartoon Peabody and Sherman, you know, hey Mister Peabody. He sounds like the he sounds like the dog to me. Like I don't. Quick, me back to the time machine. You know, it sounds like that. But, you know, I I don't have the greatest voice either. I have the, I have the face for broadcasting, right? I not the greatest voice either. But so it's, it's you know, go ahead and get past the voice because the guy knows his stuff. He knows his stuff on hearing God. I highly recommend him. It's Mark Verkler, V-A-R-K-L-E-R. And I always leave drop his um, stuff on my show notes on Field Guide Spiritual com. Go look it up there. That's kind of how we know we're hearing from God. And discern, discern dreams. You know, that's another hard one too because everybody thinks they can discern dreams and they can't. Not everybody can. Not everybody in the Bible can. Some are people trained. I was trained at my wife is just can discern dreams like crazy. I can partially discern dreams and then I get mechanical and pull them apart. But, you know, go through training first. I highly recommend John Paul Jackson's course um, over any others to go do that. And that's the way to go and do it. Um, Cindy McGill, I know somebody my power with has some great stuff on dreams. But like I said, if you're either given dreams or you're having um, let's say if you're hearing from God, go check in with somebody at your church, somebody that that hears from God. You know, it's just some churches will be difficult because may not be the pastor who has a gift of hearing from God. I'm sorry, it may not be, you may have somebody else in the church, older, you know, farther along. Go talk with them; they'll work with you. Um, it, it just don't get stuck there. I can't hear from God. That's not true. You do hear from God. Sometimes you just need some nurturing and some, some spiritual d- direction to help you get over the over the fence of where you're going, and it starts working. Oh my gosh, that's that's his voice. It was on this channel. I was on the wrong channel. Yep, that's pretty much it. I'm not going to do a spiritual exercise today. It's because I want you guys to start digging into this stuff and start being like, you know, have, sit down, have a conversation with God yourself. Learn how to do it. We've been practicing how to um, still your mind, Psalm 4610, and how to practice his presence. And when you practice his presence, go in there and talk to him. Go talk to him. Cool stuff. So we finished up Six Mansions Chapter 3, Part 1 and Part 2. Next time, I believe, we're going to the Six Mansions Chapter 4, Raptures. That's where the soul can get picked up in the spirit realm, or God, literally, like He did to Saint Teresa of Avila, He literally picked her up off the floor, whole body, whole body and all. And it's some, it's, we're getting some crazy, exciting stuff here. I like these chapters, and I don't know if it's gonna be the next podcast. I don't know if it's gonna be the big episode seventy four, will be Six Mansions chapter four, or if we'll go and pick up something else, maybe like more Exodus, or maybe something supernatural drop on my lap. Um, I'm actually going out somewhere this weekend to hang out with some cool people, some friends of mine. Um, actually, the people I did. Um, the podcast with and uh, the shift, right? Um, we'll go on through this. weekend to hang with those guys and do some spiritual warfare stuff and discuss it and just hang out. Maybe something will transpire out of that. Some information, you know. We'll see. But we'll keep stuff rolling. I know it's been hard keeping the podcast going. A lot of stuff's going on. In the middle of a renovation, remodel, and a couple of things going on right now. And it's been interesting. And some couple of spiritual cases I'm dealing with. So um, I'm not. Dogging on you guys has just been harder and harder to find time, or you come back and you're tired, like, Oh man, I gotta get my research done, <laughs> get the mind back and focus, research. But with St. Teresa, it's easy to do it, so no problem. Anyhow, love you guys, you guys are amazing. Uh, until next time, remember if um, you can find all this stuff on a field guide, spiritual warfare.blogspot.com. That's the blog site where we host this, this um, podcast, Tales of Glory. Um, again, we need financial assistance and doing research I, I want to go places and pick stuff up and um, reach out and contact other ministers doing stuff here too and put them on and like I said stuff takes money and time and um, but if you love this 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 content you know we want to go deeper with it uh, you pay give us some a donation through PayPal and you bless us that way through m16 ministries at gmail.com is the is how you send sent through PayPal m16 ministries at gmail.com um, again our books we don't make a lot of money on books but we're just Getting the information out there www.afg2sw.com you see it on the slides here if you're watching on spotify or watching on youtube or rumble so that's who we are so god bless you guys until next time checking out from the m16 bunker amen